Hello and welcome everyone to the last episode of Season 1 of Sights on Sinnoh. We are here covering the Diamond and Pearl anime and the last episode of the Diamond and Pearl season. With me today, I have three guests the first time here in the history, making and breaking ground here on the show. And I'll go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Yeah, my name is Manny. Uh, I had the honor and, and privilege of being able to be a part of the first episode with Karina. And uh, now I'm very excited to finally be able to do an episode with JM. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, it's very fitting to have uh, both of you here for the last episode as well. Indeed, yes, full circle. Um, hello everyone, I'm Karina, aka Pangu. Nice to be on again. And I'm JM, aka Turtle Guy, and I'm also excited to be here finishing up this arc and finishing up this story with Paul, which I've covered I a mean, lot of. <sighs> debatable if it's the end, because there are three more seasons of this show. This so, story, not his story. <laughs> oh, this story. Okay. Misheard you there. But yeah, we are covering the last episode here. Smells like Team Spirit, episode 52. And it just just listen to the last episode. <laughs> it starts off immediately uh, where that one ended here with Ash and his friends outside the stadium greeting Chimchar onto their team as Paul walks away. And uh, Team Rocket actually comes out of nowhere here and just like assaults everyone with Cacnea and uh, Carnivine. So... They like they're just like blindsided by this attack, and while everything's happening, they grab Chimchar in their hot air balloon and start floating away. And like they don't, they it seems like they can't do anything as they keep getting attacked by uh, the bullet seed and pin missile that's coming down. So what ends up happening is that we get Chimchar just freeing himself <laughs> by uh, turning up the balloon in a plume of flame. Um, and then jumping down to be caught by Ash on the ground below. Oh, wait, before all of this, we, we were left with the cliffhanger last episode of, will Chimchar decide to go with Ash? And what is Paul's response going to be? And uh, Chimchar <laughs> decided to go with Ash. And uh, Jam, what did, what did Paul do? Uh, Paul said, uh, you guys deserve each other. You're pathetic. Which is almost word for word what I predicted he would yeah. say. And then and, he walks away. And, and he, here's the thing. This is the second most in-character thing Paul does the entire episode, which is the more surprising thing, because I was able to predict this very hard. We'll get, we'll get to the most in-character okay. Paul thing Paul does, because it's the last thing he does in this episode. I see. Okay, I'm curious to hear then uh, what that is for you. And then from here, like Team Rocket just gets blast up immediately, and... Uh, in a, in the like more official confirmation of Chimchar joining the party, Ash throws a Pokeball up in the air and Chimchar uh, spikes it like a volleyball and gets caught inside. It was really cute. I like that. Yeah, it was like very playful and nice, and I felt like this was the most meaningful addition to the team that we've had the whole season. Definitely, especially um. With the way the episode that came before, just that whole emotion you felt for Chimchar being mm -hmm. pretty much left on its own, waiting for Paul uh, to give it a command, and just uh, Paul releasing it like I think minutes after the 
tournament, so you can kind of see Chimchar is, is pretty excited to join Ash. Yeah, it's nice. I, it, it really gets me up to see how they're going to use Chimchar next. Uh, and we cut to the next day here, which has Ash and Paul up on the battlefield again against Brock and Holly in the semifinals, I believe. And there was there was a brief interlude, but it's not super oh, important. Yeah. Well, wait. It's just like what? time waste is what I saw it as, which was kind of weird. Uh, the call with Professor Oak and Oh yeah, okay. It, it was That's... really short and kind of hmm. weird. It came out of nowhere for me. I was like, Yeah. Oh. Okay. Like we haven't really talked to Oak almost the whole season, but I I guess Jimchar is a noteworthy thing. I don't know. Yeah, um, I guess I guess you have to update your professor each time you catch a Pokemon or something. I guess it's just to like reiterate to Ash that he needs to work with Paul because that's really mm. the only thing of meaning Oak mentions. Right, which implies that Oak's been watching this tournament. Yeah, and it also implies that Ash hasn't been trying to work with Paul, which is very not true. He's been trying, and Paul's not. Paul's the one who's being stubborn and not listening. So it's like, right. if anyone needs the advice, it's not Ash. <laughs> yeah. Oak, Oak did not get the full story here before t- giving Ash some tips. Clearly. Uh, and we get to the next battle here, which is again, Brooke and Holly. The dynamic duo slash maybe romantic duo, depending on how this battle goes. And uh, they send out Farfetch'd and Krogunk. And uh, Ash sends out Staravia and Torterra. But before this, he actually does make a point of having Chimchar and Pikachu stand next to him and watch the battle. Which, uh, I don't know how I would feel about, like, being taken out of my ball to stand, like, next to my former abusive trader in, in a battle <laughs> this closely. Yeah, right. I, felt like, I feel like he did it to spite Paul. Oh, okay. Being like, hey, remember this is your gym, Charlie? You get it <laughs> it's mine now. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't out of spite. I feel like he just genuinely wanted Chimchar to, like, be a part of the action and to, like, mm. watch how he battled. Because, um, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, Ash yeah. decides to use Chimchar in his last battle. So, um, yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> to the to, surprise of literally no one. <laughs> um, except for all of the characters in the show. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's I think maybe a bonding moment that he's trying to have with Chimchar and also like, hey, like you don't have to be afraid with me on the battlefield. Like get some get get some like I don't know, it's like being a soccer player or something on the sidelines waiting for your turn to come in. Uh you get to know the coach a bit and other teammates and see what's going on. And what's yeah. going on here is uh air slash from far fetched side of the field straight at Torterra. While Staravia goes in for an air release on Krogunk, both super effective move against their opponent. And Paul has Torterra use Hyper Beam, which just like skins Staravia basically, and then it sure. tears through the air slash uh, to knock out Farfetch in just one hit. Yeah, that was, that was pretty fast. Yeah. And and to think that Chimchar was taking these same hyper beams an episode ago. 
Was it over uh, and over? Was it? Yeah, that's true. No, there was a hyper beam being used. Okay, I remember that. I don't remember if it was Torteros or if it was maybe Ursaring. I think it was probably Ursaring. Yeah, but regardless, it's powerful enough to hit, knock out the Chimchar in one, the Farfetch in one hit, but not Chimchar. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um. And that that's like good uh like it's debatable but yeah you knocked out the other one but you also kind of damaged staravia your partner here which immediately angers ash and paul just says your staravia wasn't fast enough like come on it's your Mm -hmm. problem clearly i like the effect of like having the hyper beam like flash so bright and like it like cuts to the other people in the stadium like don and conway Mm -hmm. and like they're like blinded by this thing like they're making sure you know how strong this hyperbeam is. Mm, mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, and like any hyperbeam, we actually see that. Well, any hyperbeam in the game, uh, I mean to say, it actually immobilizes Torterra for a moment. It can't move, and this is when Cro- when Ash and Krogunk, or when Brock and Krogunk step in to uh, use Brick Break on Torterra while it's vulnerable, and this is right after Holly kind of apologizes to Brock for getting taken out immediately. And he's like, don't worry. And then immediately, like, goes on the offensive with Krogug because he knows this is his one shot that he's going to get. Yeah, I really liked that this was the first time in a while. Uh, maybe, I, I don't even remember. Have we seen Brock do, like, a proper battle with Krogunk? Um, with Oh, not with Krogunk. We saw him. I think battle team rocket by himself when he gets pseudo wudo and yeah but like that's just a team rocket battle so formerly i don't think so okay well yeah i was i was excited to get to see kogunk in action directing mm-hmm. his poison jab at somebody other than brock for once <laughs> <laughs> right uh, uh, same as karina i was definitely hyped uh ready to see kogunk was uh capable of doing because like i said before you know kogunk is one of my favorite pokemon definitely mm-hmm. got excited when when he went in and and you kind of see that uh staravia's behind him and and he just slides under and he's like nope, mm-hmm. not today that, <laughs> that was really, so slick yeah, that, that was yeah, like the slickest cool. thing i've ever seen a krogunk do just slide <laughs> yeah it's a it's a cool move for sure and i think one of the spotlights that krogunk gets to have which is pretty rare this season overall uh and then he just comes out the other side of Torterra and slams it into the ground with a brick break, which which I was like, yes! <laughs> like, A, we see Krogunk shine, and B, we see Paul take some serious damage. Definitely. I, 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 was, I was kind of vibed. I was like, oh my god, please knock out his <laughs> Terra. <laughs> but, um, obviously that wasn't the case. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting uh dynamic watching this battle because obviously like you're supposed to be rooting for Mm -hmm. ash but by this point you like kind of want to see paul lose so i also caught myself being like yeah like get a hit on Mm -hmm. on torterra brock (laughs) and then being like but oh wait like we're supposed to want ash to win (laughs) we also want paul to lose and they're just just yeah yeah it's conflicting exactly yeah and as Krogan goes in for a poison jab uh torterra starts to move which causes Krogunk to kind of like climb up the tree on its back and get out of the way of a hyper beam, presumably. But this is when 
we see the fatal flaw in Krogunk's plan. As Paul says to Tortira, use Leaf Storm. And as Brock realizes way too late what's happening, he yells, Krogunk, get out of there! And we see Leaf Storm just like point blank knock out Krogunk. Yeah, Krogunk just like goes flying. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it was just short of being like a Team Rocket blast off. Yeah, man, that's two for two for Paul's Torterra. Yeah, Torterra's knocking out both of them with just, like, one shot. Uh, did everyone expect the way this would be the way that the battle would, would flow? Uh, not really. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm waiting for, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess the way they set it up, you're just waiting for, like, Ash and uh, Paul's team to just kind of implode because they're mm. so not compatible and uh mm-hmm. and they don't so yeah it's kind of like uh, yeah. a tension while you're watching it this this entire I, episode i think it works after knowing like it makes sense going into the finals and knowing the results of the finals that the like framed it this way where torterra just hard carries this semi-final match and ash doesn't really get a chance to do anything um, because it kind of sets that tone moving forward for the next battle. Mm-hmm. Especially when when Paul makes that comment of like, "What did you even do, anyways?" And Ash yes. is like, "Well, I tried, but you were kind of a <laughs> jerk about things, as you always are." Right, because as we close the battle, Starivik comes into Ash, and he's like, "Hey, you did great!" And Paul just remarks, "What did you do, anyway?" And Ash just gives him a look because, like, my thought was like, I didn't attack my teammate. That's what I did, Paul. Yeah, yeah but also, one. like, I'm pretty sure I wrote down this line, and I'm pretty sure it happened in this battle and not the next one. But Paul is like, "Stay out of this." When like mm-hmm. Ash is trying to do yeah. a move, and then he's yeah. like, "What did you do?" And it's like, you can't have it both That's... ways, dude. Like, it's you tell when... him to stay out, or you like tell him to help you. It's when Krogunk's attacking the like Torterra as it's recharging. And Ash is trying to like run defense over Torterra because it's obviously vulnerable. Right. And like that's actually a smart move. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. And then <laughs> Paul's like, no, stay out of this. But I don't know if it was out of stubbornness or out of a warning because two seconds later the leaf storm went up. That thought also crossed my mind is like, does he want to avoid hitting Staravia again, or does he just think he's gonna get in the way? Yeah, because I mean, it's... I don't think he's trying to avoid hitting Staravia. I think he's just mm-hmm. like, you're weak and I'm going to do this by myself because I can, is how mm-hmm. I interpret so, that. This battle in particular made me think of every time you tag battle with Barry in the games. Because Barry oh. doesn't know how to do crap. And you're <laughs> there, probably overleveled, fighting usually a Team Galactic admins. And chances are you have a move that's also going to damage Barry's whatever he has at the same time. And, and, and as the player, you just kind of go with it. And if Barry gets hurt, Barry gets hurt. I feel yeah, like that's you, fair. I feel like you only battle with Barry once. I think there's like two or three instances. Really? Okay. Yeah, but I mean, if I'm, like, pulling a surf, I'm not like, Barry, stay out of this! I'm like, well, rip Barry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that goes, th- that's not the only time you double battle with mm-hmm. partners uh, in Diamond and Pearl, because you have right. the four um, 
companions five. that you travel with. Five, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, any of those NPCs, really, it's that situation of if they die, they die. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know. Maybe I'm just playing the games really aggressively. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I don't think I ever put too much attention into what my rival uh, does. Well, well, if I'm running a Terra, like, it probably has Earthquake. There's no getting around that. I feel like JM probably watched too much Rocky quoting Ivan Drago. <laughs> he dies. He dies. I'm just saying, if Torterra had an earthquake, it would be inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, the most logical thing here, I think, on Paul's part is probably just get out because I have a plan of where Krogunk is going to go after Torterra, right. like, recharges, and it's going to be the perfect spot for Leaf Storm if you don't interfere, Ash. But and that's, I think it's still a little too five-head for Paul. But that positioning wouldn't have happened if Staravia mm. didn't ambush Krogunk. Because mm -hmm. Krogunk was going to go head-on and then probably back off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that wouldn't have fair. ended up on top of Torterra. I don't remember exactly when he tells that at, to Ash. Um, after, after Staravia ambushes. But yeah, after this battle... We cut back to the Pokemon Center where Brock is broken <laughs> mentally as he finds out that Holly left right afterwards because she thought that Brock was disappointed in her and wants to become a stronger uh, tag battle partner that is worthy of Brock. All according to Nurse Joy. I think uh, oh, Nurse no. Joy just wants Brock for herself and has uh, gotten rid of Holly. <laughs> that's, what the, a uh, twist. that's the that's, that's the unaired episode. <laughs> She's like, you need to not be distracted because we still have a lot of Pokemon to heal for this yeah. tournament. Yeah. That's probably yeah. it. Her assistant can't get sidetracked right now. Um, Focus, Brock. Uh, and that's what Brock tells to Ash, actually. He's like, you better win the next battle because otherwise we lost for nothing. Even though Dawn's standing right there. And she like, okay, Dawn's weird in this episode. She's like going to face Ash and she knows it, but she's still kind of cheering him on. Even as she's like, wait, no, if you win, I lose. Yeah, that's pretty much all this moment is. Paul walks by picking up his Torterra. And Nurse Joyce actually, like, fairly nice to him. She's like, yeah, good luck in your battle. I'm like, wait, are you the same Nurse Joy who was, like, intervening with him using Chimchar last episode? Oh, yeah, like, I think that's why that moment previously was, like, more powerful. Because Nurse Joy is just, like, this objective third party. So if she's, so she's like, nice to everyone, right? So she's telling you right. off. You're like, you know you've crossed the line somewhere. <laughs> so I feel like it's she's totally in her character to, like, wish Paul the best. She's very professional. So, yeah, exactly what Pengu said. And then right. she has that ability to move past that. Or yeah, maybe... And, and just do her job. Mm -hmm. I feel like after catching Chimchar, Ash probably would have taken it to the center, right? Yeah. And she probably would have like, reacted some type of way. That was my theory. And she's probably watching the battles as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe she also put it together like, oh, Chimchar's now with ass, so I can be nice to this guy. Chimchar's <laughs> uh, safe for good. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's in a better place. But not like in a better place. Oh. oh. <laughs> not dead with Ash. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which it's is all we can ask for. Dead to Paul, that is true. 
Yes, exactly. It's the doors open there. Uh, we then move over to the next battle, which is the final battle, and uh, Paul brings out Elekid, and Ash brings out his newly caught Chimchar, who looks so happy and refreshed, it's adorable. I, I love the cut to Brock here, where he's like, yeah, that's real surprising. <laughs> he's like, Brock, Brock is like, of course you did, of course you did, Ash. Never mind that you know that one mm-hmm. of the two trainers has two water types to choose from. Oh, yeah, he should... <laughs> He really should be thinking, like, hey, I actually know the opponent's team here. At least half of it. Yeah. Uh, And then on the other side, as Conway kind of analyzes the team, they both bring out their Pokemon, which are Buizel and Heracross, which I think is a pretty cool duo. Yeah, Dawn takes the opportunity at the start of this battle to pull out her Pokedex and be like, oh, yes, I wonder what for... my partner's Pokemon is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know my own dang team. Wait, wait, wait. She, she actually time. scans Heracross? Yeah, no, she scans Heracross. She does Heracross, and it's not yeah. even the first time, or no, not no. even the last time in this battle that she pulls oh, out yeah. her Pokedex while she's battling. She okay. scanned Farfetch before, and she'll scan mm-hmm. another one we'll get to in a sec. Okay. So she had three scans this episode. I, I've been counting all of them because it just bothers <laughs> me. Since, since that Sudo Wudo episode has been bothering me. We need a scan counter. I think that's going to be part of yeah. our like recap episode of all this. Um, How many times she scans the, Poked- the Pokemon with the decks? Well, it's an interesting detail that she does scan it that I didn't see. And I'll bring up later why I thought that was the case. Uh, but the battle starts here, and Chimchar is kind of nervous because he like sees Alakid and he sees Paul, and that's just like, no, don't worry, like you're with me now. We're we're a team that's actually gonna get through this battle. Uh, which I thought was really nice. Chimchar is like has clearly been bullied by Alakid while they were on the same yeah. team. Is like, oh no, it's you again. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I was done with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ash, what what are you doing? <laughs> I ran Please. away from this. <laughs> Uh, and here, I believe Chimchar starts off with a flamethrower on Heracross, <laughs> but yeah. then Weasel covers Heracross by using Aqua Jet and cuts through the flamethrower and also lands a hit on the, um, on Chimchar. And yes. while that happens, uh, we have Alakid use this opportunity to jump up in the air and try to hit Weasel with a Thunder or Thunderbolt. Thunder. Uh, Thunder, okay. And as that goes in, Conway sends out Heracross to fly above Weasel, block the shot, uh, and use Revenge, which I thought mm-hmm. was a great play on his part, because Revenge is a move in the games that does double the damage if you are hit first that turn. And yeah, in this I feel case... Like- I feel mm-hmm. like this battle did a really good job of uh, showing Conway's mm. big brains and like showing yes. good strategy yeah. with Heracross like here and also uh, later on when he pulls out a feint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything is so thought out. It's mm-hmm. like very fun move set from Heracross. Like yeah. these are very atypical moves, things you really don't see a lot of. And I think in general, this like four Pokemon match where there's like this crisscross of super effective moves and mm. and mm-hmm. strong strategy in the case of Heracross, because it doesn't have much else going for it. Um, (laughs) This crisscross where they keep targeting each other and having to cover for each other is really fun to watch. Definitely, yeah. 
I will stand for no Heraclos slander. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean by type effectiveness, it doesn't have much. It's still <laughs> really strong. And like, I, I think it's probably the highlight of this battle for me. Yeah. Definitely. This got me motivated to add both Weasel and Heracross to my teams uh, once I start playing Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl, for sure. Uh, and it's a Pokemon you can get pretty early on, actually, if you just have some patience with Honey Trees. Uh, we don't have any patience as they both immediately uh, start fighting because Ash is like, um, like Paul, we have to start working together or they're going to steamroll us. And he's like, just, just leave, like, stay out of this. Like, I'm going to yeah. take care of it. His, his exact response is like, so what? Mm-hmm. It's like, what does this even matter? And Ash is just like, Paul, please. Doesn't Ashley, like, don't you want yeah. to win? Yeah. And then he says that he'll win it himself because mm. Paul's refusing to work with him. Mm-hmm. I, feel like, I feel like Paul watches those dank memes for edgy teens. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if it was intentional, but compared to the sub, he feels super edgy. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, No, I see that. The super edgy phrases, whereas in the sub, I mean, he's still a jerk, but it's not as bad. Mm -hmm. They make it a little more extreme in the dub version. Yeah, I feel like they made it more more extreme, and it's definitely one of the reasons why I hate it so much, because I feel like Mm -hmm. they wanted to repeat gary but times 20 i feel <laughs> i mean yeah and we've had gary and he's not that bad anymore no yeah, yeah. gary's been um what's it called uh rehabilitated like- but like yeah. to be fair i think p- people's memories of gary are a lot worse than he actually was especially in terms of like his pokemon because you barely see him ever interact with this Pokemon, uh, especially in the first two seasons. Here in the battle, we have Ash switch to a different strategy as both him and Paul are clearly not on the same wavelength. He sends Chimchar to use Dig, which worries which worries Dawn, but Conway's like, hey, like, don't worry about that. We have to focus on Elekid. Um, So Dawn has Weasel use Elekid, or has, has Weasel use Aqua Jet on Elekid. And Paul immediately covers with his go-to move of protect. Uh, and then Conway says, like, okay, now we have to do, we have to take care of Elekid the way that we practiced. And she has Buizel go up instead and avoid even going at all for Elekid. And this reveals that Heracross was right behind Buizel going in for a faint attack, which shocks Paul immediately as he finds out that faint can go through both detect and protect which immediately breaks through and damages uh elekid yeah i love paul's like one instance of showing any Mm. sort of emotion is just Mm -hmm. total shock he's like wait (laughs) heracross can learn this yeah i love that it was so good so if if they practiced it beforehand why did she not know what heracross was Exactly. That was my question. I was going to bring up Manny. Is like, oh. why did she scan it if she if they knew this faint strategy, or did they just like talk about it and not actually practice? I don't know what's going on. Because here. Dawn is just overzealous with her Pokedex <laughs> and needs to pull it out for uh, for the benefit of whoever's on the other side of that fourth wall. Yeah, exactly. She Wait, she knows. Does. She she gets has to share it and you know show off that pink I, I Pokedex. I didn't even realize that. Hmm. 
Oh, man, that's going to bother me now. <laughs> she, so she secretly has a fourth Pokedex entry in this episode. Just off screen. Right. Uh, Buizel shoots Elekid with a water gun, but uh, before it can really do much damage, Chimchar pops out of the ground with Dig and actually causes Buizel to lose its balance a bit and then is able to hit it with a direct attack, which I thought was a, a neat little detail. Though it made it seem like it was kind of like mud or sand that was under Buizel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like unclear. But this is like the first opening that they're able to get this whole battle, basically. Um, and I'm trying to remember what happened at this point. Uh, Buizel counterattacks with the Aqua Jet. Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah. There's, oh yeah, Conway. Not... Yeah, Conway actually tells Don to do this, right? Yeah, immediately because yeah. he saw that she was shocked and he's like, "Let's go!" Like, oh yeah, launch a counterattack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Which it was... does like this midair like aqua jet as it lands and like catches yeah, and footing again. I'm guessing Conway was like, "Hey, like, Weasel's now in close range, so it's going to be hard for it to dodge." So like, go for. A super effective attack, which is like, oh, that's smart play, actually. And Big brain Conway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, does so far does this episode change how people feel about Conway here? I mean, yes, but like he goes all <laughs> evil again at the end, so yeah. I'm still not sure what to think of him. I yeah. he's very calculating. He's like. Mm -hmm. He's like if Clement and X and Y only got one episode instead of three seasons. And I think that's mm. good. Okay. Like he he's very strategic. He like understands like the ins and outs of battles. Like he has solid strategy that's taken them so far in this contest. Um I do like that he's not super smug about it. Like he does rely on Dawn mm -hmm. and like trust her enough to carry out his plans instead of just being like Follow me, like, I'm going to carry, like, how Paul is. Go. On, uh, in, in their first battle where he's like, I'm going to do, like, only defense and you do, like, offense. Yeah. And we'll have each other's backs. And I feel like that was a really nice window into, like, he's genuinely, like, trying to do teamwork and, like, trusting his partner um, and, like, asking his partner to trust him, too, which is nice and, to see. And that reflects in all the, like, color commentary he gives throughout the tournament, mainly with Ash and Paul's battles. Where, like, last episode, he commented on how, um, well, he in the English uh, dub, he says it's against the rules that Ash is, like, yeah. like commanding Chimchar. In the sub, he says uh, he can't really call it a tag battle anymore, or something along those lines. Oh, interesting. Which, that that's, like... An interesting way to frame it, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he makes some comments here, or after this battle, about how he didn't really tag battle. <laughs> <laughs> Manny, were you going to say something? No, I was just agreeing with um, JMs. Okay. I, I was going to ask, because it sounds like you watched the sub for this, does Conway have that same tone here as well as, like, not, like... Still supportive, but not to the point of arrogant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He has he, he has that. Um, it's only when he goes evil, he has that, <laughs> that uh, feeling of uh, arrogance. Well, I call it more creepiness. But, um, yeah, yeah. He's definitely the same as uh, supportive as he is in the dub. Got it. Yeah, I mean, okay. like how Pengu said it was great. Like 
I feel like Conway's probably the best ta- example of a good tag battle partner this whole tournament. So it kind of feel yeah, bad for him. Yeah, right? Why not? Uh, yeah, but I'm and- not going to battle with Turtle because he's just going to wipe with his Torterra without oh any thought for me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not an NPC and you're not, you're not Barry, who is terrible. <laughs> I don't care about Barry. You battle okay. with Barry once! <laughs> I don't care about Barry. Oh my he's gosh. the worst. Okay. I need, sure. I need to see this now. We we need to each uh, do a raid and see how it goes. And here, Chimchar doesn't like how the battle's going and gets pumped up, as you can see, by the flame on its on its booty, and launches a flamethrower uh, for only Buizo to step in and counter it with a water gun. And while that's happening, uh, Alakid goes in for a thunder punch, but is countered by a mega horn from Heracross, which knocks it right back and. Everyone's now kind of recovering, uh, during which Chimchar gives a concerned look to Elekid, who just kind of looks back at him with an expression that, to me, just screamed, like, what are you looking at? Like, like mind your own business. Right. And uh, this is when we get to the kind of climax of this episode, I'd say, as Elekid begins to evolve, shocking everyone and giving Paul a a little boost here to his ego as he sees his newly evolved Electabuzz start to charge up for uh, uh, its own thunder, which is presumably even more powerful. And this leads to scan number three. It sure does. Uh, Dawn is like, there is a big moment happening in this battle, so I gotta pull out the Pokedex. (laughs) Yeah. I just had to check this because I know most of the babies evolved from friendship. Electabuzz Mm -hmm. does not. Yes, the whole friendship... Uh, mechanic for the babies is mostly for um mostly for anything that isn't like an elemental type actually and then like gen th- oh, plus like, pichu right plus pichu and then um moving forward in gen 4 is like when they kind of cut that a bunch like they uh like mime junior bond slide those are all like mimic learners that you ha- need to do to yeah. evolve uh, but were, was that something that came to mind when you were watching the episode? Yeah, I, well, <laughs> my second watch, I was like, wait a second, is that a friendship Evo? Because I'm calling BS on this if that's a friendship Evo. I don't know, I feel like Elekid and Paul are like cut from the same, yeah. uh, whatever that's, the expression is. <laughs> cut that's from the fair. same cloth, there we go. Cut from yeah, the same will, something. We'll say, I'm, I'm a bit upset that they didn't try to startle the Elekid while it was evolving. They just let it oh. happen. Mm-hmm. Con- like, yeah. Somebody hit me. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> Yeah. Instead of um going straight for an attack, he just pretty much came up with a strategy and developed the time to evolve. Yeah, uh I think I mentioned this to some people on this episode or yeah, some people on this episode before. Uh but in the manga they actually are able to use their Pokédexes to hit a B button on there and prevent evolution. Oh so, yeah, we were we were talking about that with the B button league episode. Right. So like there is technically a way they can do it here in the anime too, but as far as I know they haven't really shown it. Uh but immediately uh the announcer's like it looks like Electabuzz is charging up a powerful attack. Uses the charging. Yeah. For a flamethrower. Right, he goes for mm-hmm. a hair cross, goes in for a, a mega horn, I believe, and then mm-hmm. Chimchar blocks it with flamethrower, and then Weasel. What does Weasel do? Does he go for a uh, water that? gun? Oh, water, water gun? gun. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Try to go for a water gun, but uh, try to dodge the thunder, but still got hit. Yes. So now we see a Heracross just covered in fire, <laughs> like yeah. come down by the ground and completely electrified Weasel also fall down. And as they both hit, it causes an explosion, which I'm like trying to figure out the chemistry of, but I don't know if it's ever going to work. So uh, as the smoke starts to clear from this explosion, we see that Heracross and Weasel are both standing barely as they support each other, um, arm behind each other's back. And this was, was the a- highlight of the battle for me. <laughs> I really like that. That's this. fair. That was really good, yeah. Come um, on, friend. Let me help you. Yeah! Again, I love the crisscross of this matchup. Like, mm-hmm. they're each trying to protect their teammate, or one of them is, and then... Like trying to attack the one that's not attacking them. Exactly. And they, they're even keeping type advantages in mind as they try to do mm-hmm. this. For once, Ash cares about type advantages. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll forget about all that by Kalos, as you've told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, this moment does not last long as Weasel gives one last sad smile and they both collapse to the ground fainting. Um, and that ends the tournament with Ash and Paul as the victors. And as they gather around for the award ceremony, someone comments like, isn't it ironic that they won? <laughs> like, Con- <laughs> Conway says it. Yeah, yeah, it was Conway. Yeah, Conway says that, and it's it's great. Very, very appropriately observed, Conway, as, as he I, would. I do appreciate just a small thing here that Buizel was able to lose with so much grace, which is something mm-hmm. Buizel doesn't do yeah i think uh maybe manny was on that episode with lucian where we talked about weasel's whole uh victory complex mm-hmm. no i don't think i was on not you one. okay oh, no <laughs> we wait no it was us it okay was, well was it just me or was it me and i think it was just you. Um, on will but i do know that a Karita was there for when uh don cop weasel the first time Yes. And, yeah, but what do you guys think about this development as, like, JM kind of commented that for Weasel and Dawn, and just, like, Weasel and Battling? Some nice off-screen character development happening there, mm-hmm. like, Weasel and Dawn actually working together really nicely, and then at the end, when Weasel goes back to Dawn and she, like, pats him on the head and is like, good job, and Weasel looks actually, like, pleased with themselves, so. I feel yeah, like I feel nice. like, like, entire battle weasel was just ecstatic and mm-hmm. happy, to be, happy to be a part of this battle and and even in defeat um it acknowledged uh, both chimchar and electabuzz and was like man you got us this time mm-hmm. so uh weasel was was fine with losing this because it gave it its all and i feel like it had it had, it had a lot of fun during this battle and it was just um on the edge of its seat throughout the whole time and i mm-hmm. i definitely enjoyed this battle i mean this battle was Really good it was back and forth um mm-hmm. so many counters like one after another and yeah definitely i i feel buizo's um excitement and acknowledgement in defeat yeah there's a lot of growth you can see with buizo like he immediately trusts dawn and obeys her like throughout this whole battle without hesitation which you could not say when she first caught this pokemon but do you guys think this is kind of weird that she uses Piplup throughout this whole tournament and then switches to Buizel at the end? Well, we know that off-camera they practice, so I, I I feel like Conway probably suggested it. Mm, oh, okay. 
I can see that. Yeah. Probably just like a more consistent and heavy hitting water type is what they were going for. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, Piplup has Whirlpool, <laughs> which <laughs> you and I have also discussed at length on it being questionably powered. Yeah. Bubble Beam. Don't forget Bubbles. <laughs> okay, Bubble Beam. Yeah, you're right. Bubble Beam. Yeah, Bubble Beam, Bide, Peck, and Whirlpool. And we've literally only seen it use Bide like twice this whole season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's been mostly Bubble Beam and Peck. I, I think they were just trying to make it as like strong of a matchup as possible. Yes, um, totally. Like no, no disrespect to Piplup, but like it's been said multiple times that Weasel's like a way heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so weird so to have a... um, Piplup and like Chimchar pitted against each other right off the bat because I feel like they had some nice chemistry going as like Sinnoh starters together. So oh. I feel like there would have been an that. extra layer if like Piplup was going head on with. Um, Chimchar, whereas like Weasel, I feel like doesn't have that immediate connection to Chimchar, mm. maybe so um, you can like focus yeah. more on on the battle and actually going all out. Yeah, yeah, I can I see have... that being strong too. I have a question. Okay, at the at the end of the the battle, Paul tells Ash that if he would have used Flamethrower right away, um, mm-hmm. and, um, he would have knocked out Cross at the beginning, but he was too weak to do it. Is he referring to the first flamethrower of the battle, or that? No, he's referring to the last one, the right? where they okay. double KO. Yeah, because he's what he was saying was that if that was strong enough, they wouldn't have even still been standing at the end. And yeah, so for me, that would have just been straight up knocked out. I mean, that didn't make sense because still got the job done like it yeah just as strong he he kind of contradicted himself because it's like well then why didn't your electabuzz knock out buizel right away right right was pretty much the one holding up the hair across so Mm, i think that goes to say that was a man of contradiction we've discussed yeah Yeah, you see that's that's definitely a a disconnect with that character because he did it in the first match he's like Uh, stay out of my way and he's like what did you do and he does it in this one as well I don't think Manny has listened to our last episode no. yet, but we have established that Paul is a is a walking contradiction. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, these these episodes are airing weekly, so yeah. I haven't been able to hear get it ready. yet. Get, oh, get ready, because that was two days ago. And, it's still, it's still fresh. fresh. <laughs> <laughs> but here, I think Ash also kind of acknowledges this as he holds Chimchar. He's like, don't. Uh, it's a whatever like ignore him you did great yeah i i really like ash throughout mm-hmm. this episode even at the very beginning like before team rocket attacks right and paul anytime paul makes a comment and ash is incredibly mature and this is mm-hmm. like not how ash even would have reacted last episode yeah like the day before like mm. he brushes paul off so much and like tells chimchar to do the same and maybe it's just because he has chimchar now yeah, he's acting this way, and I'm sure that's definitely part of it. But he's like much more focused, and he doesn't like get as emotional and let Paul get to him as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is what I think I miss about the anime moving forward past Sinnoh. Ash kind of loses this, and to me, that's kind of tragic because I feel like. These last four seasons, like these fast past four regions, 
have all kind of shown continuous growth of Ash, and here we're kind of seeing that go to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, there's instances in Unova or Kalos where I'm like, what? why are you acting like this? Like, <laughs> you've, you've shown yeah. so much maturity before. I've seen that in Kalos as well. There are some instances where I'm like, this is not the Ash I know. Mm-hmm. Especially, it's like late season or like late series ash too so it doesn't even make sense if you isolate kalos but that's unrelated right right and here we again get to the closing ceremony uh ash has all his pokemon next to him and paul has electimus and tertera next to him which i found kind of hilariously awkward because like they would each have three by their side but because chimchar um, aborted. <laughs> now Ash has four right. on his side, and Paul has two. And Etna, a- apparently the name of the MC or Enta, I guess E N T A, uh, congratulates them and gives them each their sooth bells. Ash says, "We Thanks. get the answer to this long-standing question of whether they're going to have to share a sooth bell. Turns out there are two sooth bells, so it's all good. Yes, it all works Yay. out, and they even worked Resolved. out better uh, after this scene." Because oh. as everyone applauds, we uh, we cut to like later on as they're all chilling. Dawn's actually the one holding the soothe bell, so like she's right. like, maybe. <laughs> she's she's having a great time with the soothe bell, and then talking about how sad it is that she didn't win the soothe bell. Mm-hmm. Like Dawn, chill. Yeah, like whatever, Dawn. Like it's fine, uh, and I think. Dawn has actually more of a lucky break as Paul walks by and she's like, oh, Paul's coming. And he just throws the soothe ball at Ash and he catches it one it is. actually, which I was like, whoa, okay, Ash. Yeah, he was ready for it, but mm-hmm. here it is. That was the most in-character thing Paul could have done, and he called mm-hmm. Ash pathetic twice this episode. Like, right. this was still the most in-character thing he could have done beyond just doing the, or bullying Ash. Because Ash says, what was that for? And he's like, I don't need it. And then yeah, it's not his style. And mm-hmm. he knows that. And he knows he's not there to make friends, whether that's his Pokemon or his battling partners. Mm-hmm. Is it? And, and it's just so Paul. But is it <laughs> weirdly friendly of him to give it to Ash? Like it's friendly at all. It's like good riddance. Like you can have mm. two of these amazing, amazing items. Yeah. And like I'm still gonna and, do better than you. And mm. I think, I think too, it symbolizes for Paul that the win wasn't his own. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. It doesn't like he, even if it was a gym badge, I don't think he would have claimed that win because mm. in the end mm-hmm. he relied on Ash. Sure, in the semifinal round he hard carried with Torterra, and wrecked Ash in the process. But in that final match, there's no way he could have won that without the cross-battling that they mm-hmm. did. And what's interesting is that kind of alludes to the third episode of this season where Ash and Ash and Paul battle in Professor Rowan's backyard and they both faint at the same time and Ash says like, hey, Pikachu fainted first, so it's your win. But he says... Uh, no, the referee called it as a tie, so I'm going to leave it like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be very much that same thought process for him there, which is interesting. Yeah, I... Overall, I'm just still not happy with Paul. I think there was chance, so many chances for him to grow, mm-hmm. and he kind of just stood very firm throughout, especially in this episode. 
And it... Like, sorry, continue. What, what bothers me about it is that Ash received a lot of criticism from other characters over it, and Ash was doing pretty much everything he could to try and, like, facilitate teamwork and try and work together. Right. And Paul was just, like, a brick wall in his way that he really couldn't do anything about. And Ash wins in spite of Paul rather than with Paul. Mm. And I, I feel like there were so many chances for Paul to compromise even just once. And sure, it's like showing his like resolve of character, but I, I don't think it works, at least for me. It worked yeah. for me either. Like I remember when we first met Paul, um, even if he like still wasn't necessarily likable, like I still like appreciated his character and it was like, okay, well, like I can see where he's coming from, even if it doesn't like accord with our image of like the Ash, very kind trainer, you can be like, okay, I can like see where you're coming from and like respect that. And I feel like by the time we get to these last two episodes, it's like, I don't even like respect you because you're just such a jerk and like you make right. no sense, um, which is kind of unfortunate. For me, I was thinking about this a lot between our record sessions this week um, was I, I thought of it a lot like uh, Prince Zuko from Avatar last airbender mm -hmm. uh where they're set up the same way as these like you know one-dimensional villains that they're only or rivals villains whatever you want to call them their only goal is to you know defeat their enemy uh but with zuko you get rid of that in like five episodes mm -hmm. like you learn there's more to him and you get hints of that with paul at first you get more of his story you get you know, some instances of him showing mercy, and then that's just kind of thrown away. They don't really go into it, at least not in the rest of the season. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they go into it further later, but for this, and, and for this season-ending arc, it seemed like they had the perfect chance to do that, and they didn't do much with that. Whereas you go back to, like, Avatar Season 1, the end of that first season is huge for Zuko. It's his, like, changing moment where he loses his drive to do that one dimensional thing that you kind of defined him as up to that point. I feel like Paul's character development goes backwards this season where yes. he starts as like, he seems like a complex character and you're like, Oh, he has like different motivations and like different things driving him that leads him to act this way. And by the, by these two episodes, he's just like so one dimensional and so uniformly yeah. unlikable for no particular reason. And um, and Yeah. For me, when you learn that he had, you know, four regions himself under his belt, you know, you would think he would have some development as well because of that. And even that was thrown away. And that was a fairly recent discovery. That was the Cynthia episode. So a few things there. I don't... <clears throat> I, I understand the, like, maybe first thought to compare him to Zuko, but I don't mm -hmm. think these characters are actually very like at all as you see more of him moving forward i'm not i'm not talking about their characterization i'm talking about the roles they play in the story right and the, and the ability to grow their character from that but the role that zuko plays is still pretty different and you can also get hints of that by seeing how much screen time zuko has compared yeah. to what paul has throughout this whole season that's true i'll give and, you that yeah and uh, I think the biggest similarity I see maybe is actually towards the end of season two Zuko for, and Paul here. Where, where he they've of, regressed, yeah. Where they've regressed and kind of shut down as 
they try to accept like if what they're doing is right and i think that's kind of the the kink in his shell that he's starting to discover that ash is to him as ash starts ignoring him he's like hey just enjoy my time with chimchar and battling and we'll be fine doesn't matter what paul thinks which i think bothers paul more than he's letting on uh manny did you have any thoughts um, I, I, I will say that uh, Sub Paul definitely has my attention more than the dub mm, version. Okay. Um, I don't know why, but there's just this feeling of wanting to get to know that character mm, more. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's he's a jerk, but it's not as bad as in, in the dub. Mm-hmm. Like he, he has that tone of uh, kind of like respect towards Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's it, it every time i see him i'm just like i want to know what motivates him like why mm. is he the way he is uh right does, does, i don't know why a part of me felt like when he told um ash that him and chinchar were meant for each other it felt like me i had this feeling of like he actually knew that chinchar would be better off with ash other than interesting yeah rather than it being an insult to them mm. Um, I don't, I just, I don't know why I just had that, that feeling of, of, you know, he acknowledges Ash is a good trainer and, and, and though he's not saying it, mm-hmm. um, you know, like with flowers and rainbows, um, <laughs> he kind of does acknowledge, um, that Chimchar would be better off with Ash. Whereas in the dub, it feels like, like Chimchar was just like a burden to him and mm-hmm. he's really happy to get rid of it. So I'm definitely more intrigued with the sub and uh, I kind of want to see if uh, their characters contrast later on in the seasons. Mm-hmm. Or if you know, he does reverts in the sub as well. So definitely th- will be interesting to see. And I think the writers are kind of reading your mind here because as the episode closes and they try to figure out what Ash is going to do, Conway with his like creepy glasses look tells yeah. our heroes oh god <laughs> hey uh you can go to the veilstone city and challenge the gym there and i was like oh and then i think brock points out hey isn't that where paul's from it's like yeah well we're gonna head to veilstone city and get my third gym badge which is how they close off the season they're setting up to go to veilstone city get the next gym badge since this one is closed and presumably learn more about paul once we're there waiting for this like drawn out season five arc as we slowly are um like conway's grand scheme is slowly unveiled and we see that he's been pulling the strings all this time and it's like leading to this big conway moment i'm just waiting for it plot twist conway actually runs team galactic oh no it's all the long con way Mm -hmm. oh no well please (laughs) well no uh, but yeah, that's pretty much how we end this season and this episode, except for a little moment that I think Karina might uh, murder me for if I don't mention as Piplup cutely, like, cheers on <laughs> everyone. Oh, yeah. because <laughs> penguins can't fly. <laughs> oh, except Piplup can. We've yeah, seen we've seen it. It's really well, weird, though. <laughs> in this it looks case, so silly. Piplup fails spectacularly and, like, it's adorable. Plops across the table, and it is a very good moment. And everyone just laughs, and Piplup's just there in shock, and I'm like, oh no, Piplup paralyzed its spine. <laughs> Piplup's like, they saw it. 
I, I can't recover. I need to go hide forever. <laughs> just just pretend you're you're not there. They won't see you. <laughs> they won't know this. But yeah, how would you guys rate this final episode of the season titled Smells Like Team Spirit? Let's start with Manny. Um I think overall I'd give it maybe a seven point five. Um, I loved, I loved the 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 final battle. Like I said, it was just a great back and forth, um, kind of like having you on the edge of your seat. And and mm-hmm. each Pokemon, each Pokemon was highlighted so well. Uh, but I think just with the the whole disconnect of of Paul kind of contradicting himself and being too edgy for my for my taste, um, <laughs> that kind of left bad no for me but uh overall it's definitely a, an enjoyable episode uh an episode that i'll probably watch again um so yeah 7.5 for me um i think i would give this episode um i think i'd give it a seven like i still don't love paul and like last last uh last episode that really <laughs> dragged my rating right down because i was just so fed up with paul but i feel like this episode i'm like okay whatever like got that all out of my system i accept that paul is terrible at this point in the anime and um i really liked everything else was good um there are some cute moments and like the battle was really interesting and um yeah i don't know i liked it it's a paul episode so i can only go so high i'm gonna put it around a seven as well uh i love that second battle i felt like it could have done like I I would have loved if the episode skipped the Team Rocket stuff at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I didn't personally feel like it contributed anything. Um and just had like still the short first battle and the long like even longer second battle. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, the the actual ending aside from Paul throwing the Soothe Bell kind of fell flat otherwise. It's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna keep going. There's really nothing else to do here. Uh, end episode. Um, so, I don't know. As a season finale, it kind of fell flat for me because of that. Um, it was odd that the like sort of climax they were going for ended up being Paul's evolution and not like anything super significant with Chimchar. Like, for instance, if they gave Chimchar a chance to use his Blaze ability at some point during that battle... Perfect. 10 out of 10 episode. I think just the like building that up that Ash can draw that power out of Chimchar almost off the bat would have been incredible and like a, a great way to spite Paul. Well, he kind of does. I mean, like, he gets that like flare up, but it's not like ever revealed to be like a full on blaze. Mm-hmm. And I feel right. like if if Ash was able to pull off a blaze, we would know it from Paul's reaction. Mm-hmm. But if 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 for instance he was able to pull off the blaze and then like completely knock out Heracross and not get that snide comment from Paul, ten out of ten episode. I, I, I would that would have been my favorite episode of the season. But they, they didn't do that, and I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's coming at some point. Right. I actually do think that would have been a really cool climactic ending but i kind of like that they are holding off on that that they don't immediately like cut to that 
I see but, a reason for it. I mm-hmm. just think that if their choice was between that and making the Ellicott evolve, mm. I don't know if they made. The, I don't know if they made the right choice. So, would you say that that kind of steals Chimchar's thunder here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I kind of forgot how like Ellicott evolves. Like, if you think about it, that's really where the battle turns around. And it just turns around so quickly that to me there isn't a lot of time to process what yeah. that means. That's true. Uh, and I, the first time I watched the episode, I was like, "Wait, that's it!" Like wh- when mm-hmm. the episode ended, I was just kind of left thinking, "Oh, the episode's over." That felt really quick, especially compared to the other two in this arc. Right. I think that's where it could have used the most time. Is like, let's see what else this new Electabuzz does in battle. Um, we don't like we don't even see it use more than like three moves this uh, battle, so that would have been interesting to see. And I and I think yeah, if you cut the team rocket stuff, maybe we could have flushed that out a little more and maybe see like what's what's Ash's new rival uh, got in his tool belt with this powered up Electabuzz. Um, but overall, that battle. I think what really makes it stand out to me, and it's something I talked with Manny in a previous episode about, is just how dynamic it is in terms of the camera angles. Like, we are all mm-hmm. over the place. We're looking up, we're looking down, we're looking at diagonals all the time as, like, they come out at each other. And you can just feel the momentum of all these Pokemon and see how well choreographed it is. Which right. I think is what, like, elevates it to me as probably the best battle this whole season. I can't really think of something that could top it. And, yeah, I, I think there's a bit of a weak link here to make this the, the true season finale since it's so tied to the last episode. And they have Elicate Evolve and not, like, a lot of explicit growth in terms of Chimchar. But we do see him become a little more chummy with Ash on the battlefield, which I think is a good good exposition of that so overall i would rate this episode in 8 out of 10 but yeah are there any other battles that come to mind for people that they really enjoyed this season are are, are any of them even comparable to this battle uh, i said before that i enjoyed the the battle between paul and rourke mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um and as well as the first battle between uh, Rourke and Ash. Um, yeah, the Rourke arc was good. Yeah, I think up to that point, probably wasn't. Ma- ma- I kind of I did like uh, the introduction to Krogunk when it faced off against Scizor. I thought that was a really pretty good battle for how short it was. Um, but yeah, I I do agree that this this one was probably the the best battle of of the entire season. I like the Cynthia battle for very selfish reasons. <laughs> In that Paul gets his rear end handed to him. I was gonna say I can only wonder what those reasons are. Um, but also, it just shows like the strength of Cynthia, which is impressive. Uh, because we had established that Paul was definitely not an inexperienced or incapable trainer. So it was it was cool to see just that next level of strength. Um, in terms of actually climactic, I don't know if it was that, but it was just an interesting one to see. Definitely. Right. Right. I, 
yeah, it's 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 very fun to see where everyone has ended up in this season because I think what we're also understating is Dawn. Like she <laughs> had a lot to do in this yeah. episode, actually. Yeah. Um, we kind of forget that she's on the other side of this battle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This was definitely a, a a good highlight for her as well as in terms of battling. Um, she mm-hmm. really, um, going with her pun, she really took the the spotlight. Mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she definitely she definitely has um, skills in terms of when it comes to to battling. Again, I feel like Dawn did the opposite in this episode. Like I feel like she was remarkably not in the spotlight, and like her role in this episode was really understated. Given mm-hmm. that like her goal is not yeah. to become a top battler right she wants to be a coordinator and like have pretty moves yeah yeah she's I mean, like she's... totally pulling her own weight in this battle which um and like not a lot of attention is paid to that she's she's really only in the competition because zoe suggested it to the others to suggest to her like, yeah she wasn't she wasn't even told it was that her friends were told by her other friend to do it um so it's not really her battle to win but I think she still does an excellent job. She holds her own, and she makes I mean, it to the finals. Yeah, it's... and she's like an incredibly strong opponent against Ash and Paul. Uh, and just to wrap up here with some trivia for this episode, this is the last episode where Michelle Knotts voices James's mom, Junior. And mm-hmm. anyone recognize who that voice actor is? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to share with everyone? Yeah, sure, I'll share. Uh, that is the voice actor who plays Jesse. Yes. So I thought that was kind of funny that she plays my junior as well, which is really cute. Yeah, the a lot of the regular cast VAs also do voices for the Pokemon. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have a whole discussion with Manny about that, about Electric, but I won't get into that, <laughs> as he oh, well boy. knows. Um, <laughs> the- yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that um, the one who originally plays Meowth actually, or who plays Meowth in this season moving onwards mm-hmm. was originally, like his first role in the anime was the scientist who finds the Clefairy and Mount Moon. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. We've been talking about that a little bit in, in the previous episode. I'm about to get to know. The time between the original Japanese airing and first English dub airing of this episode was the shortest of all episodes at the time when this air when this episode aired in English with only 99 days between them the record was later broken by a Unova League evolution uh, when that aired so that's still like hmm. 3 months so i i yeah it's interesting that they keep getting shorter which is good for us i guess and uh, in the English dub, it's implied th- that the tournament is only held once a year, but in the original Japanese version, it's not stated how often the tournament occurs uh, as a dub edit. Uh, but yeah, this is the end of the season for us. But stick around because we are still going to be covering some stuff such as a recap of the season. And since during this season, we actually had the first cinema movie come out, we'll be talking about that as well. So stay tuned to see what else we are going to discuss here on Sites on Cino. And, and, and I, yeah. Before we go, I think it's only fair that we give uh, the audience their favorite segment. <laughs> which is Poems by Professor Oak. 
Yes. Oh my God. And, Who had an appearance and, this episode? Yes. And before before we we um we started this this recording, I sent each of you a poem that. Oh. oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. So I thought since all four of us were here, it would be this is the season finale. We each could recite one of Professor Oak's poems to give our listeners a bit of zen for the week. Wait, so are, are these actually like from Professor Oak? Like, like yes, I don't know the are, context here. Yeah. So, so in 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 the Japanese um, subs at the end of the episode, uh, Professor Oak will cover a Pokemon each week. Oh, okay. And then he will finish off by reciting a poem that he wrote for that Pokemon. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's it's like a it's a yeah it's a, it's a funny gag that that they do. I figured because oh, we're all here that we'd each recite a poem, and I assigned each of you a specific okay. poem. So, well, if, if you would start us off, will sure. Chimchar, you can do it if you try. So keep trying. Hiplop dives into the water with a splash. Turtwig has leaves growing on its head. To finish off, Electabuzz trusts Paul will bring victory. Oh no, it was all cute until then! (laughs) It was then for our listeners. Well, I mean, I had to include each Pokemon that was used in this episode. Oh, sorry if I ruined... Cuteness, <laughs> yeah. What the heck is this gen one Pokemon doing here with all our cute starters? Hey, hey, that gen one Pokemon won the battle, all right? Oh man, and you guys know where that Electabuzz is headed, I'm assuming. Oh, I've already made that prediction. Yeah, okay. last time. I feel like the whole reason that uh Paul has it was because the first time we encountered that certain Pokemon. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Buzz evolves into uh, Meg Mortar, right? That's what's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. right, exactly. It's his fire type. Right. It's that fire type he's looking for. He's going to hack the game. Oh, well, he could technically evolve it if he trades away the Electabuzz for a, a Magmar. Holding a, a Magmar Miser thingy. Yeah, that. But this brings us to the close of this episode. So thank you, Manny, JM, and Karina so much for being here this week on this climactic end to season one of the anime. And uh, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they do that? Well, I have no... Not no, everyone at once, okay? I'm not on, <laughs> on, on the Twitter machine, as the kids say. <laughs> you can only find me on the Discord as Elcat. And that's pretty much it. Cool, cool. For our tweeting folks, uh, where are the, your handles? Karina, do you want to share? Yeah, I am Pengumon, P-E-N-G-U-M-O-N. And I am TurtleGuy512. You just had to have numbers in there. I know, I make it difficult. Turtle guy, <laughs> just, just straight up Turtle Guy was taken. I'm sure oh. there's like 20 of them at least. Cool, cool. And yeah, I'm on Twitter at We'll be teasing a link down below because no one knows how to spell that. Uh, but yeah, feel free to follow us there as we share our thoughts and announce when an episode comes out. Uh, and yeah, it's been awesome to have you guys. I think this went super well and was happy to see that we could do four people at a time. Yeah. That's super fun. Thanks fun. for having us on as always, Will. Yeah, thanks. Uh, as always, you can watch along with us on Pokemon.com, Pokemon TV. 
And until then, we'll see you in Sinnoh. Have a good one.